0: So that's my voice reading the Sith code backwards. Wow, that's so, I, so cool. So it made it sound like some hypnotic, dark, ghostly language.
1: Welcome to Third Angle. In this episode, we meet a creator crafting Star Wars-inspired custom savers. I'm your host, Paul Hames from industrial software company PTC. In this podcast, we share the moments where digital transforms physical and meet the brilliant minds behind some of the most innovative products around the world, each powered by PTC technology. Whether it's Doctor Who's sonic screwdriver, James Bond's X-ray glasses or Marty McFly's hoverboard from Back to the Future gadgets and tech from film and tv are a great source of inspiration and enjoyment for many of us one item that's long piqued the interests of curious minds is the iconic lightsaber from star wars it's been so inspirational to rob petka in fact that he now spends his time designing and building custom sabers for fans all around the world rob is the founder of genesis custom sabers and our producer jess met with him to find out how he's crafting these plates.
0: If you were to say to me 30 years ago, oh yeah, you'll be making lightsabers out of your own home shop for a living. Like that, there's no even, I couldn't even envision that, let alone explain how unrealistic that is. Welcome to my, I call it my secret base or my lair, man cave, some would call it, studio. It's a garage, but on the inside, it is decorated with uh, all kinds of props and set related things. My vision, I guess, is to try to make a a workspace that was inspiring, that made me feel like I was in a science fiction universe. And this over here is my workstation, computer, a lot of kind of little memorabilia, and some Star Wars art. And this is kind of a display case of a whole bunch of lightsaber hilts. And uh, these are some of the boxes that I ship lightsabers in. My little catchphrase on it, art you can fight with. The company Genesis Custom Sabers started out as Genesis Custom Lightsabers as a hobby, but uh, when I turned pro I don't want to get sued so I nixed the lightsabers and we generally call these things illuminated sabers. It's been 25 years since I first started dabbling with uh, lightsabers as a hobby and at that time there wasn't very much information available. I was had just gotten on uh, the internet those of us that have been around that long, what we used to do at that time was we would build junk sabres. We'd go to the hardware store. we'd find things that looked like the parts of the Sabres used in the films and we try to construct these things. And then one thing led to another and he wanted to learn electronics and start putting LEDs in and blades and functional components and you need to learn electronic skills or machining skills and, and an online community developed of a few of us, and then uh, over the years some of those hobbies turned into businesses and so since 2010 2011 I've been doing this full-time I wish I kept some of the first sabers that I worked on if I was to describe them you know imagine a piece of plumbing tube with a couple holes drilled in it and inside if you stick your thumb through one of those holes there's a flashlight and you can flick it on and there's a little plastic tube that's commonly used inside golf bags to keep your golf clubs separate. If you could find a transparent one, well, that's the blade and that's what that catches the light. And you can run out in the dark and fight with your friends. In fact, I was a part of a youth group back in Sydney Pentecostal Church way back in the day. And we used to build these things with the kids and we would go out into the field behind the church in the middle of the night and we'd have these massive lightsaber fights. That was a lot of fun, but they were horrible. They didn't look, they didn't even look like a decent toy, let alone, you know, something respectable. And now, I mean, we've got precision machined aluminum, CNC machined aluminum, all the parts are like designed with, you know, I do a lot of CAD designing now with the Onshape program. and uh, So I can make things perfectly custom fit to look and feel the way I want, the size, the weight, powder coating, anodizing. I do a lot of artificial aging and weathering and battle damage, um, like you would do for a genuine movie prop. And the blades are polycarbonate. They're technically bulletproof plastic. I don't recommend anyone try to stop a bullet with a lightsaber. Uh, yeah, so they've, they've come a long, long way. Some in, in the know, in the hobby, we call it, they're the glorified flashlights, which is really a great way to describe them. In fact, sometimes people who ship these things internationally will call them a flashlight on the shipping bill for customs purposes because what in the world are these things? How do you describe that to a customs officer? Uh, they're a machined aluminum, generally aluminum, sometimes there are other metals with internals that include a high power led or a control uh, capability to run pixel leds up the blade Uh, there's usually a central computer of some kind we call it a sound card that controls the sounds and the lighting effects and some kind of power source a battery usually lithium ion rechargeable battery Uh, but those are i mean these buttons and switches and indicators and a lot of other cosmetic things but those are the key components of what goes into one of these custom savers with the single high brightness LED, I know some guys online that have purchased from me that carry theirs around on rounds as a night watchman or a security guard. And they can pull it off their belt and flick it on like a bright blue or green flashlight, and they've actually used it like that. I mean, who doesn't want to walk around in the middle of the night with a lightsaber on your belt? Come on! There are several types of a lightsaber is what I do. There's what's called the shelf queen, which is basically, it's like a model. You would put it on a shelf, have a little label on it, and nobody gets to touch it, and it looks nice. Then there's the full on combat saber that I, I've got a friend named Jimmy who runs a dueling group uh, in Calgary here. He uh, actually works with uh, live steel swords, and he's won competitions in sword com- combat. They have full armor and gear, and they use lightsabers with heavier blades and they go full on and they've got helmets and gear and they score points and it's you know they hit each other hard and he's always coming in here because he's broken something he is the worst at destroying things that are not supposed to be breakable and he takes pride in that he just calls me up and he says i broke another one i'm so proud of himself and he brings me a pack of guinness and i fix his lightsaber and um, he'll be happy to be mentioned he's a great guy Yeah. And so, and everything in between. Now the huge middle ground in those two extremes is the cosplay industry, which has sprung up over the last 20 years. And so people spend thousands of dollars on these elaborate costumes and not only replica costumes from films or games or pop culture, but uh, hybrid costumes, or they, they cast themselves as a Jedi or a Sith and they want something unique. And so often my customers will come find me because they're, I don't make the replica hilts. I make something that's a little bit more personalized, a little bit more unique. And so they'll want something that they can flick on at a a hospital charity and fight with somebody or or play with some kids, but also looks good hanging on their costume. I get asked all the time what my favorite Sabre is, and I have a hard time answering with that one. I tell people it's because they're like my children. There are sabers I like for different reasons. I mean, I have what I would kind of have called years ago, my personal saber, which was part of this whole journey was if I was a Jedi, what would my lightsaber look like? And that's a lot of what resonates, I think, between me and and my customer base. So I have that saber that I developed, but I haven't touched it in years. It's old technology. Since then, I've played around with other ideas. I've got a couple that I really like. One of my production series savers is called The Ascend, and I've got a variation of it that uses an etching pattern that I kind of derived from some of the artwork on a video game called Skyrim, which has nothing to do with Jedi, um, but it's just beautiful kind of Norse reminiscent artwork that I've all, I always, I really love Norse artwork. So I've got some etching on that, and so that one really resonates with me. And then I've got another one that I designed back in 2009, that's my my interpretation of a character saber from novels that I read. Drew Carpician wrote Star Wars novels about a character named Darth Bane. And so I created a saber because he didn't have a really great reference. If you looked it up, there wasn't any good images. So I thought, oh, I'm going to create one. And the fans have been great at really resonating with my image. And to this point, if you look up Darth Bane's lightsaber, you'll probably see pictures of my, my design. That one's been so well received by fans that uh, it has a special place in my heart. You know, just because it, when, you, when your work is appreciated, you can't help but really relish that i don't know if i have a favorite uh sound we call them sound fonts i've been building these for the savers for over a decade now and so the ones that i worked on 10 years ago there's not as much nuance to them even though i've gone back and added to them the newer ones i just feel are more there's more quality there's more nuance to it I've got a sound font called Rogue, which was long before the movie Rogue One, that I just envisioned as a, just kind of a rogue Jedi, kind of an off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of my attempt at making a sound font that would be me if I was a Jedi. So that one uh, I, I really like. There's also a, a newer one that I've done called Ashes, which I always felt with the dark side sound font, I never was able to kind of really achieve that visceral feel that I was looking for uh, until this one. I learned a couple of different techniques and I played a video game where the sounds were really striking to me. So I tried to recreate some of that effect and really kind of capture that feel and I feel like I nailed it with that one. It's called Ashes. So this is that visceral sound font that I was talking about, the Ashes font. Some Easter egg sounds with some Sith. So that's my voice reading the Sith code backwards. Wow, that's so, so I, cool. So I made it sound like some some hypnotic, dark, ghostly language. Yeah. So that's in there and you can find it. So that's that sound fun. which anyway. I really made with this saber in mind. That's cool. Um, and with this one, it's got. Uh, I only do this on my really high-end ones where you can the user can take apart a couple components. In this case, it's two little screws, and then you slide the bone segment back. And there's the every lightsaber's got a crystal inside. It's part of the lore, and uh, the crystal reacts with uh, like with the saber. It's got red because the blade color is red. But if I enter the if I enter the color when i change the blade oh color no. the crystal responds and it changes color to whichever to match whatever the blade color is that is so cool yeah. wow yeah so a lot of uh, a lot of the higher end more expensive sabers are ones that you know they can operate as a shelf queen so we can take it apart and they feel more real because they can see the crystal they can respond to to kind of the visuals of the inside of the saber Um, You know, because they've all read the stories of Jedi creating their lightsabers and crafting them and working on these internal parts. So they want to be able to see and interact with that. A couple of years ago, I really resonated with, I always do, the word imagination. And it just, something clicked and I just realized, imagination is one of the most profound human qualities. It affects everything. Every great achievement in human history has started as a work of imagination. All art is a work of imagination. The ability to communicate and identify with nature, which I love, there's elements of imagination. When imagination becomes stretched or challenged, that's a good thing. There's opportunity there, creativity, everything. It's just like, I was really overwhelmed with kind of this revelation of how big a deal imagination is. And then I step back and I look at our current Western culture and I just feel like uh, maybe it's post-industrial era we've just kind of got into uh, we value action we value results we put in our time um, we put imagination in a box and it often doesn't affect our day-to-day I mean I read up this term recently um quiet quitting just the idea of just deciding to phone it in Hey, I'm not going to put in any more than I need to I'm just this is my day job there's no imagination there there's no life there so I just kind of see it everywhere now you know
1: That was Rob Petka, founder of Genesis Custom Savers. And as Rob mentioned, to create truly custom blades, a lot of his design work is now done using Onshape, PTC's cloud-based computer-aided design and product data management platform. Let's find out more. Time to meet our expert, John Hershtick, who heads up PTC's Onshape division. John, I know that Rob admits to having no CAD experience, and he didn't want to spend thousands of dollars for a CAD solution and then have to learn how to use it. Is that one of the advantages of using Onshape?
2: Yes, absolutely, Paul. One of the advantages of using Onshape is you don't need to not only spend thousands of dollars on buying a software license, but you don't need to buy a special workstation, you don't need to Go to a windows computer which you know a lot of cool people don't want to deal with a windows computer these days you don't need to worry about a special graphics card and all that so someone like rob he can just take whatever computer he's using his macbook even a chromebook or an ipad and get started and then it is easier to use and learn you know we deliver the professional grade cad capabilities a new generation of data management and it's built right into any web browser that you could use. So that makes it perfect for Rob and his colleagues.
1: Now, Onshape can deal with both complex and not so complex designs. And do you think the work that Rob's doing actually shows off that flexibility, John?
2: Yeah, I think that that Rob's work shows off some of the aspects of complexity, That you can do with OnShape that really professionals need. Now, it's not as complex as other products we have, you know, and some there's different aspects of complexity. In Rob's case with the Genesis sabers, he's putting a lot of detail in. These parts are very intricate. You know, when he designs a lightsaber, he wants to express an artistic design. And he I think what makes his sabers stand out is that, and also the craftsmanship and detail of how they're manufactured you know, I think Rob's trying to create a feeling that his saber, which is an assembly of intricate parts, almost can can give the user a feeling of transporting to somewhere else through its craftsmanship, its detail, its realism. And that is because of the complexity that Rob's able to model in Onshape, both at the single part level and at the assembly level. And I just want to add that I'm a big Star Wars fan. My children, my adult children are big Star Wars fans. And so seeing um, Onshape used at Genesis Custom Sabres is particularly exciting for us. And uh, who knows, we may even be uh, bringing them when we go to the Disney Galactic Star Cruiser. We've made our reservations for that coming up. So we're super excited to see a Star Wars oriented customer.
1: Thanks to John and to Rob for giving us a glimpse into the work of Genesis Custom Savers. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our bi-weekly Third Angle episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts, and follow PTC on LinkedIn and Twitter for future episodes. This is an 1860 production for PTC. Executive producer is Jackie Cook. Sound design and editing by Oli Guiou. Location recording by Jess Schmidt and music by Rowan Bishop.